absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. we got a really different podcast today. We're actually here at Infinity Golf Center in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Uh, Infinity Golf Center is a full indoor simulator, short game, chipping, putting, practice green area. There's inside bunkers. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It's housed in this old warehouse. We're going to talk to one of the owners, Rob, uh, at the end of this podcast. But tonight, I've got my man, Tyler, the creator. What's up? And as always, I've got Moan Scotto. Hey, how's it going? So those guys actually just made brand new Instagram accounts. Saying definitely check that out. We've got at LTP Creator for Tyler and at LTP Scott for Scott, obviously. So a uh, bunch of stuff going on in the golf world. we got the President's Cup happening right now. Uh, so we're recording around 3 o'clock on Saturday. And Tiger tees off at 6.02 tonight, leading off the President's Cup singles. Hasn't played in the last two sessions. Took all of Saturday off, I guess, to kind of rest his back and be fresh for the singles tonight. Um, Tiger's been kind of one of the lone bright spots along with JT. Tyler, opinion so far on what we've got going at the President's Cup. And I know that you have a little bit extra riding on this. Yeah, I got a whole 50 cents riding on the uh, President's Cup. I bet I bet heavy on America, and I, I do think they're going to pull it out. Uh, first day was obviously not optimal for us. Um, but, you know, it's it seems to be very hit or miss. I mean, Tiger has been on fire. JT has been amazing. Um, but then there's Peyton Reed and who is Peyton Peyton Reed? (laughs) I think you mean Patrick Reed. I'm not sure if I, I have no idea. Uh, maybe Peyton is his alter ego. The one that people like the most. Yeah. No, uh, I also, uh, True story, slept about four hours last night with my two little kids and have been down here hitting balls, spending the last 20 minutes trying to get my club head speed as fast as possible. And so my entire body's kind of shutting down right now. So my brain is just not there. So Tyler wanted to have a bet on who could have the fastest club head speed. And I got mine up to 110.7. What was yours, Tyler, your highest? Uh, my highest, I just topped out at 126. Okay, and I have a feeling he probably strained almost every muscle in his back. Yeah, basically, just like Tiger. Um, Scott, thoughts on the internationals play at the President's Cup? So, uh, again, going into this, they were the underdog, and nobody thought this was going to be overly competitive. Uh, it turns out that was definitely not the case. Which, to be honest with you, uh, if you look at the team, there's a lot of guys on there who are really good players. And as easy as it would be for me to say, you know, oh, I'm really surprised they're playing this well, I'm really not. Uh, I, I kind of feel like, you know, everyone who is at that level, the level that they're at, is capable of doing this and capable of winning. I mean, every single player on both squads is is a real good guy. Uh, real solid player, and you know, it's just who's playing well that week. They had uh, a shorter trip to get there. They were maybe down there a little bit longer. A lot of the guys played the Australian Open, so they're more familiar with that type of course. And there you go. And now you have 
uh, a slim lead going into Sunday singles. I put this question out to people on Instagram, and I said, change my mind that the international team needs to win this in order for the President's Cup to be relevant again. Because honestly, the President's Cup is a PGA Tour-owned event. It's a you know little redheaded stepchild of the Ryder Cup. And quite honestly, not many people care too much about it. But it's you know the middle of December um, because we're down under, obviously. And, you know, it, it, it's a completely different thing than what we get week in and week out. So people are going to like it for the most part. Um, but I'll tell you what, even if the internationals don't win, just the fact that it is this close and you have Tiger leading off, you have guys like Abraham answer for the international team playing phenomenal, JT coming into his own as, as a team leader. Just those things alone, I think, are elevating this President's Cup to the point where it's kind of must-see TV. Not to mention the fact that it's on prime time. I mean, there's nothing better than prime time golf. And us East Coasters, we don't get that uh, unless, you know, the PGA or the U.S. Open is at a West Coast facility. You know, one of my favorite U.S. Opens ever was Tiger winning at, at Torrey Pines because we got to watch that till 7, 8 o'clock at night. And this is even later. I mean, Tiger's not teeing off till 6 o'clock Eastern time. So that's that's real cool. I want to talk about the course real quick and then get your guys' opinions on it because it's playing firm and fast. It's, it's completely different than anything that we ever see. So Royal Melbourne in my opinion, should hold a fifth major. Like, if we're really, truly talking about a fifth major, let's get off of TPC Sawgrass, okay? Let's get off of the PGA Tour there and, and put it at Royal Melbourne because this place is fantastic, right? It's an Alistair McKenzie design, but actually, actually built by Alex Russell in 1891. They're running a composite course for it. Uh, the West course is ranked number one in Australia. The East course is ranked number six in Australia. But like I said, it's a composite course where they're taking a few holes from each and they're making a championship course. Uh, the topography is incredible. The layout is incredible. The conditioning is unreal. I mean, the greens are literally playing like trampolines. So you've got to control speed. You've got to control distance. You've got to control rollout. And again, I think it's one of the reasons the U.S. team is struggling because they're used to bomb and gouge hit the ball, and like Bryson said at Pebble, if, if my four iron goes 217, you know, I don't want it to go 222. I want it to go 217, and the U.S. team is just not used to it, finally. Um, also, it's, it reminds me of a complete second-shot course kind of in vain of Augusta, and I think those are the best courses out there. Not much trouble off the tee, but you've really got to think for that second course. Tyler, give me your thoughts on, on watching the uh, President's Cup, almost called the Ryder Cup, excuse me, watching the President's Cup and, and, and just seeing the way that this course is reacting to these top-tier players. Uh, watching it is tough to watch because I'm so used to very, very soft greens, um, soft approaches that you can you know make golfer shots and stick the ball where you want it to. And these guys are hitting balls 40 yards from the green and it's bouncing like it hit a cart path and then sailing right over. Um, I don't know how they're able to control it uh, as well as they do. Um, I know I would not be able to play on that course. At least I would probably shoot on six holes, but they're shooting on 18. But uh, it's just it, – it's impressive to watch. It's, it's cool to see the Australians who grew up playing those sands courses that know that uh, – that layout better and the the texture of the ground better that they can kind of predict what's going to happen. But even still, there's a bunch of times where, you know, any other course, the ball's riding up next to the hole 
and looks like it would sit next to the hole and instead rolls past and then falls into a bunker on the other side and shoots out 30 yards into the bunker on the other side of the of the green so it's it's really interesting to watch um and it's seeing it's interesting to see how america's adapting um the first day was really rough and since then they've gotten a little bit better a little bit better and then hopefully today with the singles matches they'll know what they're getting into yeah you made a great point about playing different types of shots abraham answer who i've just been in love with him and how tong lee playing for the international team this week um abraham answer had a 60 yard pitch shot and the typical American way to play would be to go over the mound and kind of land it, you know, 10 feet from the pin and have it roll out three, four feet. And he took this approach where he went up and over this hill, uh, roundabout to the back of the green. There was a big backboard back there, and then it fed back to the hole. Just the imagination to see that and to be able to play it and know the ball is going to react uh, because the course is as pure as it is just makes for amazing, amazing television. Uh, Scott, are your thoughts on Royal Melbourne? So uh, one of the advantages of being the host is you get to pick the course. You get to set it up the way you want. And you'd have to say that, you know, I guess Ernie Ellis is the one who's involved in that. Uh, they did a great job setting it up to give the European, the internationals an advantage, not Europeans. Uh, and, play against the strengths of a lot of the Americans. So, you know, what Dan said before, it's a second shot golf course. Well, the players that are excelling, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, those guys are great iron players. I mean, Tiger's the best iron player ever. That makes perfect sense. Everyone else kind of struggling a little bit. That also makes perfect sense. So... One of the things that, that I've enjoyed a lot about the President's Cup is how much the internationals and the Australians hate Patrick Reed because I, in turn, hate Patrick Reed. So they've had some pretty witty comments, but, uh, but last night, their last night time, Australian time, got a little bit out of hand, and I guess an over-served, over-inebriated individual told Patrick Reed that he effing sucked and was literally reaching over the the ropes there, about three feet away from him. So his his caddy Kessler Corain, who is also his brother-in-law, uh, which means that he is the brother of Patrick Reed's wife Justine. So that puts him in some special company right there. Decided that enough was enough, and in his words, pushed the fan. Uh, nothing was damaged except maybe he spilt his beer and Kessler said, you know what, I'd pay for that, no big deal. But the PGA Tour suspended him and said that he cannot caddy during the singles, so Patrick's swing coach is going to do it, and it is not David Ledbetter uh, anymore. It's the guy who always has. You remember, Justine Reed brought in David Ledbetter at one point in time. But uh, just just another thing that that Patrick Reed is bringing that becomes an enormous distraction to the United States team. So not only is he distracting everybody because of his antics at the Hero World Challenge, now he's bringing his his asinine family along with, which is you know all part of quote unquote Team Reed, and everyone has to deal with that. And I personally feel like Webb Simpson has suffered. Because Webb is probably one of the most consistent U.S. players, and he should shine on this course. And he is 0-3 right now after being paired with Reed. And mercifully, Tiger put him out of his misery and, and, and sat him yesterday, which, uh, which I think was, was better for everyone. And lo and behold, the U.S. team makes a little bit of comeback. Um, Scott, right or wrong, Kessler Corain in, um, let's call it assaulting the fan. 
so I wasn't there, obviously. Uh, you know, but if next time there is a President's Cup, the PGA Tour wants to hook us up with some tickets, that would be great. Uh, but without knowing what happened, the immediate reaction, you know, is to say, you know, you got to keep your hands off other people. Um, having said that, you know, if he felt that Patrick was in any danger, then I guess it is his job to to eliminate that threat. Um, personally, I think that, you know, the crazy runs deep in that family. And, you know, if it wasn't him, it would have been Justine getting in the fan's face. So maybe mercifully he was trying to save the fan from having to deal with that smoke. I don't know. I kind of wish that Justine was caddying today in singles because I think she would go beyond insane uh, in the middle of the fairway. And that makes for great television. Like, that's reality TV on the PGA Tour. Um, I, I am not a Patrick Reed fan. I will say, though, I'll throw this caveat out there, that at the PGA Championship two years ago, Patrick Reed was absolutely a flawless professional, sat, talked with my two boys about the Olympics, signed flags for them. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was fantastic, you know, and I have nothing bad to say about him that day. However, his reputation precedes him, and when there's smoke, there's fire, and I feel like Patrick Reed is continually walking around with a five-gallon gas can. Um, The other thing is this, and I hate to say it, but Patrick Reed's caddy was justified. Caddy's job is to protect your player at all costs. Patrick's not going to fire him over this. You know, if anything, he, he, he's going to applaud him and say, hey, man, thanks for, thanks for doing that. Maybe even give him a raise. But it's not like he's going to lose his job at all, and I hate to say it, but I am with Team Reed on this one. So I have to agree with Dan. I I do also think that if he, like I said, if he felt that Patrick was in danger, it's his job to to intervene. However, we all know that it's really Justine who's the puppet master in this whole situation. And I'm sure she's there. I'm sure she's following Patrick because she always does. Uh, She definitely stands by him. Uh, You know, I've seen her at tournaments, you know, no matter what she's clapping, she's you know, offering him support. And I, I almost wonder if somewhere in between a hole, she got a hand on her brother and just said, that fan over there, you need to stop him. I am sick of listening to him. One of us is going to have to do something and it's either going to be me or you. So which one of us is a bigger man? I, I, and again, you, everyone's laughing right now, but you all know that there's definitely a possibility that that happened. <laughs> exactly the way I just described it. The only thing that I think might have been different is she might say something like, who's got the bigger balls, you know? And and the brother-in-law or the brother might just be like, ah, Chris, you know, Justine, it, it, might be, it might just be you. Like, you might have to handle it on this one. Um, Tyler, if you were caddying for us or I was caddying for you, um, are you cool if I just go to town on a, on a fan and take them out? I mean, you know, again, it depends on the situation, but... Uh... If you if you punch one fan in the face, I'm not gonna fire you as my caddy as long as you're caddying for me and you know, you're you're doing, you know, what I can't do. And so sometimes that means punching some people in the face. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I I, I see no big issues with that. So let's get into final predictions. The U.S. is down two points, correct? Right now, going into into singles. Um, Tyler, 
I know that you have a lot riding on this. You have one of your famous, your infamous 50-cent bets. So U.S. team in the comeback or internationals to make the President's Cup relevant again? Uh, a 100% U.S. team. I don't think the internationals need to win to make it relevant. Um, the fact that they started out with such a lead um, makes it relevant. You know, it's not like it's the shellacking that everybody thought it was going to be. Um, you know, we thought, you know, going into day three that it'd be pretty much over. You know, that we would know who was going to win handedly, and it's not. We're down by two right now, um, and there's a lot of interesting matches uh, for today. Um, there's not many, you know, guaranteed blowout one way or the other matches. They're lined up pretty good against each other, so it'll be interesting to watch today. I'm just going to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to go with international team. Uh, as much as I hate to say that, uh, because obviously Tiger's my favorite golfer of all time, and he is the captain, but I'm going to go international team to bring this back to relevancy. Scott, what do you got? I was just doing the, the math in my head, and I think it's. I do think it will be close. I think the internationals uh, end up winning by a point. That's that's my prediction. I'm just again looking at the, the different matches, uh, handicapping them in my head, and that's where I'm at. All right, so we got two for internationals, one for the U.S., and obviously Tyler's got the U.S. because he got a ton of money riding on a fifty cent bet there. Um, so that's that's what we got going on, and that's gonna go that's gonna go pretty late tonight. That's gonna go probably to one or two in the morning. Now I gotta ask you, since you're uh, rooting for the enemy. Um, you're rooting for the Ivan Dragos of the world. Um, in your opinion, your favorite golfer versus the guy who's been impressing you so much, singles match starting off is Answer Woods. Who are you taking in that one? All right, so my heart says Tiger Woods. My heart always says Tiger Woods. When people said four or five years ago that he would never regain form, I never lost faith. I put bets on it, and they all paid off, and I won. Uh, because the the mental asset that he possesses is far beyond anything that any other professional golfer has ever had, including Jack. Um, however, I don't want to say that I would love to see Answer win, but this man is playing lights out. The only thing I think that would hold Answer back is the aura of Tiger Woods. And I get, I get why Tiger put himself out. Like, what a great thing. He noticed that he was winning points, but he also noticed that the team around him was not rallying because he wasn't out there. So he sits himself for all day Saturday and then gets involved in almost every match where he's out there watching. And, and people want to win for Tiger. It's like people want to win for Jack, you know, uh, that people want to win for, for Arnie. I mean, it's just that way with, with the legends of the game. And then he puts all the weight on his shoulders and puts himself off at number one, basically saying like, Come, children, follow me. Follow Tiger to the promised land. I will lead you to victory. Uh, he, he basically like St. Patrick, driving the snakes out of Ireland. He's driving the internationals out of Australia. Uh, and Australia is built by convicts. So Tiger is literally driving the convicts out of Australia and, and taking over. Uh, it's basically going to be called Tigerland after this. So I'm, No, Tiger's going to win. Now Tiger's going to win. Okay, that's the bottom line. That's, that's how my mind works. I roundabout came back to Tiger being able to win. And I think it makes perfect sense for him to go out first. Uh, you know, again, I, I agree with you. Tiger will win that match. 
uh, and you know you've seen it before, where they uh, they the captains front load the Sunday singles, where they put people who they know will get points or who they feel will get points out early. Tiger one, he gets his round done. He can get out there, be a captain, and two, he gets that point, and hopefully, you know that that'll be before any other match closes out. Now he pulls the U.S. to within one, and now you know everyone can follow. All right, so I mean that's going to go down. You're going to watch that prime time, and you're going to uh, this will probably release tomorrow, so you'll know the results, um, and you'll see if we're right or not. Uh, so we're going to play a little game right now. We're going to play Real or Fake Tour Pro. And we actually started off the, the podcast doing this months ago. And this is, this is a fun game. So I came up with a bunch of Tour Pro names. And Scott and Tyler are going to tell me if they are real or fake Tour Pros. Um, after this segment, we'll sign off. And then uh, you'll hear me speak with Rob of Infinity Golf and tell you all about their indoor practice facility and I mean, honestly, what's become a godsend to people in Northeast PA. All right, so here's my first one. All right, Scott, I'm going to give it to you first. Tyler, I'm going to give it to you second. Okay, don't let Scott's answer influence you. And I would just like to know that if uh, Shugo Imihara is an actual tour pro. Uh, well, he definitely is. He sounded so sure. I'm going to go with yes. Okay. So, so I, yeah. I, I actually have video of Shugo hitting balls at the PGA Championship uh, on my phone. So, All right, fair enough. Uh, both those guys are correct. Shugo Imihara is an actual tour pro. He's ranked 32nd in the world. Yeah, he's ranked 32nd in the world, and he's from Japan. Very good, guys. Very good. One for one. Congratulations. That started off very easy. Uh, next one, uh, Victor Perez. Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Is Victor Perez an actual tour pro? You don't want to go to Scott first? No, I would like to get your answer first. Um, I'm going to go with yes. Tyler says Victor Perez is an actual tour pro. Victor Perez, uh, I'm, I'm going he's out on PGA Tour Latino America, so yes. Okay, Victor Perez actually plays on the European Tour. He also plays on the PGA Tour. He is ranked 46th in the world, and he is from France. So both of you guys are correct. Two for two. Very impressive, gentlemen. Very impressive. Okay, uh, number three, John Trillo. Is John Trillo an actual tour pro? Starting off with Scott this time. I've never heard of John Trillo. Scott's never heard of John Trillo. Tyler. I'm going yes. Real golfer. He's young. Like a young guy on European or Latin, Latino America. Something. Young guy. Scott's the only one that's right. John Trillo is fake. That is not – I literally just made that name up. John Trillo is not a tour pro. But, Tyler, I definitely appreciate your reasoning behind that. I mean, that made perfect sense to me. That's good. All right, how about, uh, how about, how about Andre Pavan? Andre Pavan. We're going to go with Tyler first to see if Andre Pavan is an actual tour pro. Yes, because I don't think you would come up with that name. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with no. I feel like Andre Pavan sounds like a professional tennis player. Okay, Andre Pavan <laughs> is an actual tour pro. He's ranked 75th in the world, and he is from Italy. So that, that makes it 3-3. Three to three. Scott, you have three. Tyler, you have three. Um, next one might be easy, might not be, but, uh, but what about Matt Wallace? Scott, Matt Wallace. Uh, 
There's a Matt Wallace. I'm sure there is a Matt Wallace, but is Matt Wallace an actual tour pro? I believe so. Okay, Scott says Matt Wallace is a tour pro. Tyler? I think the only way I can get a win is by going against what Scott's saying, so I'm going no. Matt Wallace, it sounds a very uh, generic name that you made up. Um, not saying you're not the most creative person in the world, but I think you made up the name Matt Wallace. So Matt Wallace is a very generic name, and it is also the name of a tour pro who is ranked 30th in the world, and he's from England. Okay, Matt Wallace is a, used to be a young, up-and-coming young gun and plays in the European tour mostly. Uh, but Tyler, maybe, maybe that mindset right there is the reason why you don't win many bets. Okay, uh, so Tyler is down one right now. Okay, let's go to the next one. We've got three more left. Uh, what about Jung Gang Wang? All right, Jung Gang Wang, tour pro or not? Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you. I hope so, yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to go with yes, too. Jung Gang Wang is a tour pro. He is ranked inside the top 100 in the world. He's ranked 99, and he's from South Korea. So Scott is holding a one-shot lead over Tyler right now. Uh, what about Jorge Camponstrano? Jorge Camponstrano, Scott, tour pro or not? Uh, I'm going to say no. Scott doesn't believe. Tyler? No, no. Well, they are both correct. Jorge Camponstrano is someone that I just made up. So here's the last one. This is going on a little bit long. I, I appreciate everyone for, uh, for following with this. Uh, and hopefully you're playing along at home as well. But Matt Jones is going to be my last tour pro. Matt Jones, Tyler. You're down one. Is Matt Jones an actual tour pro? Yes, he is. Matt Jones is a tour pro, according to Tyler. Scott? Matt Jones literally just won the Australian Open. So, yeah. I would say so. Matt Jones is ranked 103 in the world. He is from Australia. Good job, Scott. I'm not positive he won the Australian Open or not. Um, he, he may have. I mean, if he did, he probably only won like 120 grand with that tournament. The payout's so low, plus the Australian taxes are absolutely insane. So congratulations, guys, for playing. Scott, you are our defending real or fake tour pro champion. Tyler, uh, you lost yet another bet. Uh, Matt Jones wins Australian Open by one stroke over Louis Eustazen. Okay, so Scott is on point with that. Um, all right, Scott, anything else before we wrap this up and bring Rob in to talk to him about Infinity Golf? Nope, but uh, it was a really great day here for Leave the Pin. And, you know, follow us on Instagram and everywhere else that you like to check out podcasts. Tyler, what else you got for us? Uh, not much else. While they come in here and talk to you, I'm going to go out and hit more balls as hard as I can. For sure. All right, people. So next up, you're going to hear myself and Rob. All right, people. Back here with Rob Line Pencil, owner of Infinity Golf in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Like I told you at the beginning of the pod, a completely interactive indoor facility. Um, six hitting bays, four simulators. Four simulators, uh, an enormous, and I mean absolutely enormous indoor chipping green, an enormous indoor putting green, full actual sand bunker, and this is all inside, people, okay, completely enclosed from the elements. So in the Northeast, especially Northeast PA, Northeast Jersey, I mean, these are things, Northwest Jersey, excuse me, these are things that, that we definitely need. Uh, Rob, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um... You know, we're, uh, we opened up this year, and uh, we're just kind of trying to get people in here. We're just looking forward to uh, getting uh, your audience uh, to know about us and everything. 
So now my biggest question, I guess, we'll, we'll start off with is give us a little bit of a rundown of, of how you got into golf. Um, and then if you want, take us all the way to, to how someone who is a golfer and someone who golfed in college gets to own a indoor facility like this. Oh, man. All right. Uh, well, yeah, so, so I kind of started, um, you know, like when I was like 12. I, I was too small to play baseball, so, so uh, naturally uh, I was looking for other things to do. Um, my mom told me to, brought me to the driving range, and I just kind of got hooked. You know, I, I think anyone gets like that golf bug, you know. You, you hit so many bad shots, you get frustrated, and then you keep coming back. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. So, yeah, after that, I golfed in high school, golfed in college, uh, you know, tried to play professionally for a little while. Um, just didn't make enough money and now uh i work and uh, i kind of fell in this golf place so you said you you tried kind of the the pro route uh give us a little bit about that was it was it mini tours was it uh you know whether it was a nike.com or web.com tour or you know the ben hogan tour back there uh european q school how did all that come about and and what route did you take uh yeah so so I did a bunch of Mondays. I, I played some mini tour events. Um, I guess I played just well enough to get some really bad status over on the challenge tour. <laughs> um, you know, and then I tried like the PGA tour Canada stuff. Um, you know, but it's just tough. Uh, it's just so expensive. You know, I, that's kind of why I gave up on it. Um, you know, if you don't have $60,000 a year just to blow, you, it's, it's just gets really tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really like I really like doing it. I had some fun experiences. Like seeing Europe was pretty interesting. Uh, you know, it's definitely. I, I feel like it's like 1970s America. Like, like when people ask me like how like I think of Europe, I'm like, oh, it's like 1970s America. Like you know, like just random like animals roaming around the streets, and you know, like <laughs> you know, all the buildings are like super old, just cobblestone. Um, I was actually in Portugal for they had a running of the bulls when I was like staying in Portugal. And I was like, they shut down the main road. They, they filled it with sand. So like the whole week is just sand in this like main road. And then the bulls come and just destroy everything. And it's just like, that's like a normal, like it's like a yearly festival. It's, it's crazy. I've, uh, I've seen those and it's funny. I've actually been to Fort Worth when they have their um, stockyard parade and they do the same thing they stay in the street so the animals don't slip too much and and they go through and, and it obviously makes cleanup from uh you know from animal waste products a lot easier and, and, and stuff like that um did you get more than one season out on the challenge tour no i was just there for i was just on one for one season i realized it was, it was pretty tough to to like economically to keep traveling back and forth you know to uh to europe and everything so i kind of just uh base my operations here then and so now you're you know part owner of infinity golf and, and like we said in phillipsburg new jersey um now this is a place that's that's been open for a while because i i was here probably about seven or eight years ago um and they used to have like a mini golf thing on the side and some other stuff and so i'm really kind of interested in 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 knowing how you came into finding this place um how you came into owning it and you know, what's the workload like when you take over a place this size? And I got to let the listeners know that this place is massive. Rob told me before when we were talking that the entire building itself is probably close to a million square feet. And people are probably going, yeah, that's an exaggeration. Like, it's not. There, there is, we're, we're sitting in a conference room right now that has like 20 foot high ceilings. And I mean, it's pro this place alone is probably 
eight, 900 square feet. You know, there's so much space here. It's insane. And as you would imagine with a putting green and full chipping area where you can hit, uh, I mean, I'd say probably up to 40 yard shots or so. Rob will give you the specifics, but with, with that type of space comes probably big problems too with lighting and heating and all those things. So I'm kind of interested in, in kind of like the ground floor up of how you acquired it and kind of the trials and tribulations of, of owning this place. So, uh, so yeah, last year I, I worked here part-time. Um, you know, I just, I just did it like as a, as a side gig for the, this guy, Bob, it's like old Italian guy. He's, he's like a PGA pro in Jersey. He, he was running the place for a while this year. He kind of just stepped out because you know, he still want to do it. And then I just got like a random phone call like in the summer, like, Hey, like, you know, like, would you want to do it? I'm like, sure. Like, that sounds awesome. I'm going to be there anyway. So, you know, I might as well run it. So, uh, so yeah, like, so the facility is like roughly like, I say our, our facility is 18,000 square feet. Um, which is awesome. Uh, we're trying to figure out how to like utilize some of the space. Um, you know, like we probably only use like 11, 12,000 square feet of it, you know, and that includes like our 40, 50 yard chipping green and hitting bays and putting green. And we have like a, a lounge area. We have, we have a bunch of stuff and we still can't utilize all the space. So, so we're kind of, we're trying to figure out how to do that. Um, and yeah, uh, definitely heating and, and electricity is a thing for us, uh, for sure. So, so we always try to keep it like a little chilly in here. I mean, I figure like most people are gonna be swinging, walking around, doing whatever. So you warm up pretty quick. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of uh, trying to figure everything out go as we go. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we figure it out soon. <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about the simulators because we've got four simulators here. One of them is kind of like a a private guest suite room simulator, which is like the top notch swanky one. And then there's three kind of normal. Um, simulators, which we played before. And I was telling Rob uh, pre-recording how I felt like these simulators were actually fairly accurate. And, and D. Lou was saying, um, compared to the simulator that he has at his course, uh, you know, the course I used to be a member of as well, and he is now, he said, like, these are infinitely more accurate because the other the other simulator is hitting his drives 300 yards and whatnot like a golf uh like a golf world simulator or something like that you know where they jack the the wind up and stuff like that they jack the elevation up and and all of a sudden you know that new driver put 40 yards on you know all, all that bs but um you've got you've got four of them and i know simulators are not cheap and even though these tend to be a little bit uh of the older models they still can give you everything you need from club head speed to ball speed to club uh head path um you could set it up for driving rage practice facilities there's a ton of courses we played the front nine of st andrews which i uh, am very happy to say i won it three over made everyone pay me and then we played a, a composite course of um of spyglass hill which uh you know is a complete opposite of, of st andrews so it was uh just very very cool so talk a little bit about the simulators and um I guess also like what what's their life expectancy on those things so uh the simulators we have uh they're from this company called about golf um they're roughly like i would say they're probably like 10 years old um they're, they're radar based so so they're definitely like the older model and uh but honestly like we've had tons of people come to us that have like used a trackman model like the trackman sims and they're like wow like like these seem like they're more accurate so i mean i i don't really know like what the accuracy compared to trackman is but but about golf is a really great company. I mean, they do make some really awesome sims. Like, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, next year and going forward, like we're, we're definitely going to be in contact with about golf about 
putting some sims and they have some pretty pretty cool ones now like curved glass curved screens you know it's like 270 degree views and everything so yeah th those are pretty cool and um you know we're just uh we're uh, pretty lucky that you know that they they still contact with us about these sims and everything so and then I guess, you know, here in the Northeast, we struggle with the weather. Um, you know, today miraculously was like actually warm as I was driving here. I was like, if, if it hadn't rained the last two or three days, we could have played outside. Um, but we don't get that much. And we get literally three, four months where the weather's horrible and you don't want to be outside playing unless you're a lunatic like myself or, you know, the other guys from the pod um, or your hardcore golfers in the Northeast. So this gives us an, an amazing respite. And, you know, quite honestly, I kind of kick myself as to why I didn't remember the place or or make the trip, I guess I thought, oh, it was too far away. I mean, it's like 40 minutes from me, so it's like driving to a course. Um, so it's definitely a place that I will continually come back to uh, over the winter. Um, so as far as the off-season goes, what does a facility like this do, um, I guess, in your off-season, which becomes then the main season for golf? And, and what, are, what are you looking at in terms of months that you're going to stay open, hours that you're going to stay open, et cetera, et cetera? So right now, like our, our business plan is to stay up until end of March. I mean, that's like pending weather. If April's bad, like we might do like another week or two in April. We're still trying to figure out like what we could do and like going forward. Like we do have, um, I don't know if you ever heard Eric Agorno. Um, he's like a pretty big, like golf instructor. He has like a big YouTube following. I think he's out right now, like touring the country. Like he's going to visit like Gigi and uh, like Andrew Rice and, a bunch of like other like top instructors throughout the country and doing like videos but he usually teaches here in the winter um i know like maybe like going forward like if we wanted to like open all year like we would try to lock someone like that down and try to make like an academy as well um just because like when it's nice outside no one wants to come inside to play golf you know like i mean unless you're, you're gonna offer some sweet deal on drinks or something I, I don't know how else to get them in here but uh but yeah like we're, we're still trying to figure out the business model in terms of like the year round thing, but you know, we're definitely going to be open, you know, winter months and we're going to see going forward what we can do all year round. Now, uh, before in kind of the, uh, the swanky sweet one across from us, we saw some guys, they brought their own radio in, they brought their own Bluetooth speaker. They had like their own bar doing mixed drinks and stuff. So, you know, in the winter time, I'm assuming you get, uh, the hard, hardcore golf population, which you and I both know can be a little bit, uh, eccentric in this game. Um, so I've got, I'd be remiss to ask you if I didn't, uh, if you had any good golf stories that kind of came out of maybe not even just so the month that you've owned it, but while you've been working here in the past. Oh man. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, those guys are, those guys are regulars here. They're, I mean, they, they've been coming here for a long time, but, but yeah, they, their thing is they do a shot of, of whiskey every time someone makes a birdie and, Man, like, I mean, last year was funny. I was working here, and uh, I just met him. And they're like, "Oh yeah, play play around golf with us." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." You know, it's it it was a snowy day. It was just us us in there, and I'm like, "All right, yeah." So I, uh, me needless to say, like, we all went on a tear. Like, there were some holes like where like three of us were making birdies, and like next thing you know, it's like there's two and a half balls of scotch down. There's like four inches of snow on the ground. I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm like at home. Like, <laughs> you know, I might just sleep here, but yeah, those guys, those guys are really good. And you know, it's, it's BYOB here. So, you know, we, we definitely want you to have a good time and enjoy yourself. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm going to try to think about a good story, man. The, the guy who previously owned this, owned this place, he, he was a character. He, he's probably had the, the best stories. He, he always had some stories, but I don't, I don't want to say anything 
saying too uh, too bad about Bob because I, I I do like Bob a lot. But um, what are the best simulator scores you've seen out there? Because I know you guys run a, a Friday night nine hole league, nine hole league, no, 18. well eighteen eighteen hole league. It's Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, Rob was telling me that last night they had played till 2 a.m., uh, like 54 holes, watch the President's Cup. I mean, like if that doesn't sound like a place that you want to be at on a Friday or Saturday night when it's, you know, 30 degrees out in the, in the Northeast or anywhere that's, that's not, you know, um, I'd say probably south of, of Maryland, you know, you want to be at an indoor place and, and nothing says, you know, come and hang out than, than just a bunch of kind of golf nerds, you know, doing their thing for, for a very long time. So what is, what is the lowest score that you've shot personally or that you've seen on the simulators? Uh, so, so, yeah, actually last year I shot 11 under on twice. And uh, needless to say, one time I actually lost money because uh, – so, so we always do like a net score. And, and like everyone here is like different, different levels of, of playing. Like we have a couple guys who are really good. We have a couple guys who are like – like you know pretty average like five seven handicaps we have some guy that's anywhere from like a three to like a 20. like last night we played he shot 99 the first round and then he shot 74 by the end of the night so i mean like but we all have a good time we, we just drink a bunch of beer and watch tv and we're all just degenerate gamblers so we just bet everything well that's right up uh tyler their creator's alley because he is also a degenerate gambler as we all know um, one of the things that Rob mentioned before, which I thought was super cool, is that it is a BYOB place. Uh, and BYOF, bring your own food. So we, we came here today and literally I, I felt like it was our facility, like a leave the pin takeover. I mean, we had the Yeti filled to the brim with ice and drinks. Scott uh, bought over some um, roadside barbecue, you know, made your own sandwiches. We had a whole entire table set up. Like, it is a place where you can come. I mean, geez, it's... It's close to, I've been here like five and a half hours already. And, and maybe, no, longer. I've been here almost six hours. And uh, I literally feel like I could probably hang out here all day and it, that it would be like a worthwhile day. Do you, are you getting guys like that that are making kind of the pr- pilgrimage to come here and, and spend long weekends? Yeah, it's funny you say that because there's a couple guys that, um, this one guy, I forget his name. I think his name is Dan. He's, he's actually like a head football coach for a, for a high school around here. And uh Every like every day he comes in, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I, I, I played like 40 rounds in like my first year playing. Like he's only been playing for like six months or something like that. And he's already played like 43 rounds and he comes in every day. I think the one day he came in, in the morning and he's like, oh, I'm going to go home and watch football. And then like four hours later, he came back and he's like, yeah, I got bored. So I came back. But he, he's come in like four or five days in a row, you know, and then uh, a couple other guys that live close, like, you know, they're here like at least once or twice a day. It's, it's, so, I mean, that's what we want. We want people to. To come here, like we want people to hang out, we want people to like enjoy themselves, like you know, and that's what we're kind of trying to model it for. So, kind of give give people, if if you know, I mean, I know the area is enormous, but I want to give people <clears throat> an idea of the specs here, um, kind of about how big the chipping green is, putting green, et cetera, et cetera. So they get an idea of uh, of the scope and scale of this place. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of, I don't think I know the actual specs of, of the putting green, but it, I mean, it's gotta be like 40, 40 by 20, like 40, 40 long by, by 20 wide. And uh, I mean, I mean, there's like 14 or 14 holes probably on the putting on the chipping green with the bunker. Um, and bunker is like a full size bunker. Like you would find on a golf course. Um, it's not like a, like a little rinky dink one. And then the putting green is probably like a 20 by 20 putting green. Um, you know, and then we have six hitting bays, like, you know, where, where you hit into a net and then, 
you know, a bunch of other stuff. So I guess kind of, uh, you know, as we get towards the end here, give, give people an idea, like, if, if they don't know the place, first off, where we can follow you, where we can kind of find you on, you know, social media or, or you know, the internet, and then um, let people know, like, what's, what's the pricing structure here? How do, how do things work? I, I, I'm coming from Jersey, or I'm coming from PA, or I'm coming from New York, or I'm even coming up from Maryland or Delaware or someplace, um, and I want to spend the day here, which, you know, like, believe me, people, you can literally spend the entire day here. This is not, this is not your average, uh, you know, buy a small bucket, hit them, and then leave in 45 minutes. So if, if someone's coming here, you know, what can they expect? So, yeah, I mean, they can expect, uh, you know, definitely spend here all day. Uh, we do a thing where it's, it's $20 and it's like our, our all day pass. And, you know, you can hit unlimited balls. You can chip and putt. You can hang out. You know, if you want to go and take an hour break and then come back, like you're, you're good for $20. Like you're here all day. Um, and then the simulators, like, like we charge by the hour. So, I mean, that's, that's broken up by, you know, how many people you bring. So, you know, during the week it's like 40 an hour and then on weekends it's 45. But I mean, like if you have three guys, you know, it ends up being like you know 20 30 bucks a guy if you if you spend three you know three like two hours here or whatever but uh yeah i mean that's that's pretty much uh what our pricing structure is we, we do offer like bags of balls like you know for ten dollars if you want to just come and hit, hit a bag of balls but you know i, I think the all day pass is, is better i mean you can stay here for forever i mean i know like before i i took this place over i would i would come here and yeah, I would be here for like five, six hours chipping and potting and hitting balls. Like if you want to improve, like there's no better place to like work on your golf game. And I think that's like where like we differ from like top golf and stuff. It's like we have the simulators and like, you know, you can you can bring beer here. I mean, we don't we don't sell it. But like if you wanna like get better at golf and you wanna like chip and you wanna like practice, like we we you can't find any place better than this. Yeah, Top Golf is Top Golf is a game, right? Top Golf is bringing people in, and and everybody that's not a real golfer can have fun there. But not to say that you can't have fun if you're not an actual golfer here. But like this is for the hardcore people. Like this is for the people that want to improve in the winter time. This is for the people that, um, you know, need to work on the short game, need to work on putting. And this place gives you every uh, availability to do that. Like there's literally no excuse if you live within. Uh, you know, a 75, 100 mile radius of this place to, to say that, well, I don't have a, a, a facility near me and I can't get there in the winter because Infinity Golf is here and it's open and it's, you know, it, it's, it's running full steam ahead and everything here is geared to making you a better player. And not just that, I think the camaraderie here is just like, you know, we, we met five hours ago, you know what I mean? It's just like we've been hanging out and, and talking all day long as, as, as we've been playing on the simulator and uh, chipping and putting and doing the pod, and it's just a, a great atmosphere. I guess the other thing, too, is one of my biggest pet peeves on the golf course is when it's kind of packed, right? And I, I hate that. Um, can, can people expect to wait in line here on the chipping green on the putting green what's what's kind of the deal with that um, i think the chipping green um is big enough that you can have like 10 12 people chipping and, and you know not really even really even care or notice i mean i know it's gotten packed and we've had like 10 or 12 people on the chipping green and not to mention like say if the chipping green is full we, we have a separate putting green you can just hop over the putting green or hitting bays you know we, we have plenty of uh plenty of space here for everyone 
Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so I guess last thing I'm going to ask you is just to kind of give out all the social media, uh, all the information, address, phone number that people can reach you. So when they listen to this, um, you know, they can get that. We'll obviously put everything in the liner notes for the episode too. So if people, you know, don't have a pen or paper handy, they just go to the Instagram page or go to our main iTunes page and they'll find all that information there. Yeah. So our Instagram page is at uh, Infinity Golf Phillipsburg. Um, and then our Facebook page is Infinity Golf Phillipsburg. And uh, you know, our website is linked on our Google. So if you just Google us, uh, you know, it'll pop up and you'll see our webpage. Um, and then our phone number is 908-310-6377. And we are located at 224 Stockton Street in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Awesome. Well, I mean, I literally can't say enough about this place. I wish I could tell you I was paid to say it, but I'm not. It's just it's just a phenomenal facility. And again, you don't have an excuse anymore to say, well, it's the winter time. I put my clubs away. Tyler told me that before. He told me that two weeks ago. I said, put my clubs away. I said, hell no. I said, take them out. I said, we're going golfing all winter long. And this is the place that we're going to do it. So if you're looking for the leave the pin crew, we're probably going to be here most weekends. Um, Rob, absolute pleasure. Cannot thank you enough. We had a great facility here. We absolutely love it. Um, like I said, people, everything will be on Instagram. Check out our Instagram stories. You'll see everything that's kind of gone on here today. And uh, either get busy golfing or get busy dying.